Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down in the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane or godless person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance though he sought it diligently with tears. Father, we love you, we praise you, we bless you, we magnify you, and we glorify you. We honor you today as we come before you to study your word. We thank you that your word is truth. You're not a man to lie, nor the son of man to repent. What you said you'll do, what you spoke, you'll make good. Your word doesn't return void, but it accomplishes what you please and prospers in a thing for which you sent it. So we thank you today, Father, for ears to hear, hearts to receive, and minds to be open to the glorious light of your word. We believe you today as a group for utterance in the Holy Spirit to proclaim the truth that makes people free. Thank you, Father. We need no man to teach us. We're not, uh, we're not taught by men's wisdom, but by the unction, the Holy Spirit that lives within us. So that our preaching, teaching, witnessing, and ministering isn't with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and power. So our faith doesn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in your power, the power of the living God. We thank you, Father, for your love poured out in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. We apply it, we speak it, we sprinkle it, we plead it, we appropriate it. We highly esteem and honor the blood of Jesus that still flows from Calvary. We thank you, Father, for attentive ears, receptive hearts, and open minds to the light of your glorious gospel. And Father, we thank you that should Jesus tarry, we'll continue for the days, weeks, months, and years to speak and preach your word. Stretch forth your hand to heal today that signs and wonders are done by the name of your holy child Jesus throughout this world. We honor you, we love you, we praise you, we glorify you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, there, there's an overlooked part of our assignment here on earth as believers that we have to do better at adhering to. And that, that's not just reading the Word every day and studying the Word, that's part of it. But we need to watch over our fellow Christians that they don't fall back and become apostate for whatever reason. Now, a lot of teaching has gone out in the past and titled and named and so forth about once saved, always saved. Uh, some, some would rather uh, give up that, you know, give up the virgin birth and give up that doctrine. But, you know, we know that once saved, always saved, is not something that the Bible adheres to. Uh, in Hebrews, 
the book of Hebrews seems to vacillate it a little bit, but it really doesn't. And we're going to look at a few scriptures here, going backwards and you know a little bit forward here in the book. Uh, we see in verse 14 of our text, it says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. So what? What does that mean? We have to, to live a life of holiness. And some people have labeled holiness as, as an act of uh, doing something with your physical body or with your physical self, uh, wearing your hair a certain way or not wearing it a certain way, uh, wearing your clothing a certain way, uh, doing certain things at certain times of the week or whatever. But, you know, it's not described that way in the Bible. We see here in this opening, verses 12 through 17, it says that in the commentary that I have in my Bible, and we don't preach commentary because it's man's teaching, but it, it's helpful sometimes. It says here, because of the beneficial results uh, of the Bible, they are to put aside, people are to put aside fear and faint-heartedness. Verse 12 says, strengthen the hands which, are, which hang down the feeble knees. Therefore, in verse 13, it says, they're to set an example that will encourage those who are wavering to fault, not to falter. And there's a lot of people wavering nowadays. And, you know, and, and don't blame the government. Don't blame uh, a pandemic. Don't blame the other things that are happening in the world. People are wavering on their own because they've chosen to listen to the devil and his lies and... and uh, speak in line with the devil instead of in line with the word. But there's a lot of wavering going on. He says, pursue peace. In their conflict with the world, they're to seek peace. But not at the expense of sacrificing holiness. Holiness is more than the way you dress or the whether you wear makeup uh, as a woman or whether you wear uh, you know, jewelry as a woman or a man or whatever you do, that's not holiness. Holiness is living a life under the Lord, doing what He's instructed us to do. And we need to keep people from falling away. Verse 15 says, uh, we're to watch over one another with jealous care. Jealous care. I don't want to see anyone fall away, do you? Watch over everyone with jealous care. You know, that here again, this is commentary. Lest anyone leave the faith. The root of bitterness is a deliberate turning away from God. As exemplified by the disobedience of Israel in the wilderness. We know what they did. You know, watch the, watch the movie Ten Commandments. No, read the book. Read the Bible. You can watch the movie too, but you've got to adjust that to uh, what the Bible says. Praise God. Deliberate turning away. Such sin contaminates the entire Christian community, and no one should disagree with that. Praise God. You know, it, it talks about Esau here, and we know that story. Esau disregarded his natural rights as the firstborn son. He was profane in that he had a careless attitude toward the responsibilities entailed by his rights. We can't have a careless attitude. The fate of Esau serves as a solemn warning to anyone who forfeits permanent spiritual blessings for immediate passing fleshly gratification. Look to the future. Look to eternity. Once 
Once such a choice is made and acted on, its consequences cannot be reversed. Yeah, but I've, I've been taught, you know, and the Bible says that once we're saved, we're always saved. We're, we're going to look at that. Once such, made and, one, once such a choice is made and acted on, it can't be reversed. The consequences cannot be reversed. And the blessings that might have been realized are lost forever. The devil will be right there telling you, well, you've done something that can't be reversed. You've committed the quote-unquote unpardonable sin. No, you haven't. You have not. Unless you've rejected Jesus and apostatized, you have not committed the unpardonable sin. You know, chapter 10 of Hebrews helps us along this way. Hebrews chapter 10. And look at verse 1. We're going to read down through verse 10 and then verse 14. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never, with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. For, uh, for then they, would they not have ceased to be offered. Would they not have ceased to be offered if they were perfect. The, the worshipers, once purified or cleansed, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you didn't desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings... And sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin that you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he, capital H, said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Praise God he did. By that will we have been sanctified or set apart through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So once saved, always saved, right? Don't get off on that. He's done it once for all. You don't have to be saved again. Once you're saved, you're saved. Can you... Get out of it, or can you fall away? Absolutely. The Bible tells us that we can. And we'll see that here in a minute. Verse 14 says, For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified or set apart. We were sanctified. We're continually being sanctified. That's what the Word says. I didn't say it. <laughs> Actually, we are sanctified completely when we're born again and being sanctified at the same time. God is working in our lives the holiness He's already accomplished through the finished work of Jesus. So we're sanctified and being sanctified. So we can still fall away. You know, 
you can, you can drink coffee every day of your life and then quit drinking coffee and you don't have to drink coffee anymore the rest of your life. You can quit. Some people uh, use tobacco, you know, from the time they're six years old on through a certain age, then they quit. No, they stop it. Well, that's a, a natural thing. Well, falling away can be a natural thing too. Uh, Brother Hagen tells of a ministry friend that had a, a beautiful wife. She was part of a ministry. Uh, sang in, in church. Was his associate pastor, basically. They co-pastored the church. Had children. She was a beautiful lady. Beautiful singing voice. The devil got to her. Told her how beautiful she was. She was being cheated in life. Told her that she could be making a lot of money singing in nightclubs. She rebuked him the first couple of times, but after that, she started to listen. Gave up Jesus. Gave up that life. Divorced her husband. Started living with people. Singing in nightclubs. The Lord told, G, or told Brother Hagin, he said, she can't come back. She's rejected me. In other words, she apostatized. She fell away. She didn't want anything to do with the Lord. I can't help her, the father told Brother Hagin. We can still fall away. Doesn't matter. We're going to back up, backtrack a little bit here. Again, in Hebrews chapter 6. Anytime someone says, once saved, always saved, I always think of this opening. Yes, you don't have to be saved again. You don't have to be born again, again and again and again. No, just once, once for all. But we're being sanctified. Verse 1, Hebrews chapter 6, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Don't let that word scare you. That means maturity. We can be mature. You know, as far as perfection, we think that, you know, there's some works involved there. You know, we're being sanctified, being set apart, maturing. Let us go on to that. Not laying, can't talk whistle, my mother used to say. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits, for it's impossible, listen to this, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, that lady was enlightened, and having tasted the heavenly gift, and having become partakers of the Holy Spirit, born again, spirit-filled, faith-walking, tongue-talking, armor-wearing, children of the King. It's impossible. You know, if, you're, if you've been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, and having tasted the good word of God, verse 5, and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, or have fallen away, to renew them again to repentance. 
since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. I would sorely not want to be one to crucify the Son of God again. I can't imagine. You know, it's hard to think about what he went through. In Pilate's judgment hall, prior to that, between there and the cross, you know, up the Via Della Rosa, uh, you know, everything that he went through, what you know, being nailed to a cross, taking our sins upon him, defeating the devil in hell, and rising from the dead, thank God, in victory. But to, to imagine, let's crucify him again. I sure don't want to be responsible for that, and I know you don't. But if you fall away, how, how are you going to come back? You know, these six doctrines that are mentioned here are the foundational principles of the spiritual life. Foundations are not to be laid again, but built upon. You know, if you're building a two-story house, you lay a foundation, you build the first story, you don't put another foundation up for the second floor. Foundations are to be built one time. This cannot be done apart from dependence on the help of God. Uh, verses 4 through 6, the language of verse 4 and 5 clearly describes those who have experienced the saving grace of God. Tasted the heavenly gift, tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Power of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives. The language of verse 6 denotes complete disowning of Christ. So, you know, if, if you sinned yesterday or today and you did not disown Christ, you have not committed the unpardonable sin. Anyone listening out there, don't let the devil tell you that. You haven't done it. Sin is one thing. The unpardonable sin is specific what that is. It's not something that we will do as a Christian. You'll remain a Christian. You know, to repent, certainly. 1 John 1, 9 is there for us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. All of it. You haven't apostatized. You haven't fallen away. The people described here are not backsliders, but apostates. They have not merely fallen into sin, but have denounced Christ. They have become as those who crucified Jesus. That ain't us. He's a talking about. Thank God. So how do we avoid falling away? Some think holiness is the answer. And, and we read Hebrews 12, 14. You know, let me read it again in case you forgot. It hasn't been that long, but this could maybe mislead us a little bit. It says, in, it, it, it pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So, get your hair fixed right and quit wearing makeup and jewelry. And men, you know, you do certain things. No, that is not the holiness he's talking about. Living a life for the Lord. Living unto the Lord. Doing what we're instructed to do. Without doing that, we're going to fall into sin. It's as simple as that. For, look at... I'd be remiss if we didn't look at this. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3.
Some people build their whole uh, church doctrine on this. But they're, you know, they're not careful to, to study it out and see exactly what it means. Verse 1, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, even that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, reverential respect and trust. Verse 3, do not, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Merely outward. Arranging the hair. You know, they used to plait their hair. Uh, with gold and things, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. So you can't wear something nice, right? No, it's not, it doesn't say that. Don't let it be merely that. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Incorruptible beauty, imperishable beauty. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves with that beauty, right? Being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Praise God. So holiness, you know, is not something we act out in our physical body. You can dress nice. You can look nice. Please do. Please do. God is not against us representing him in a nice way. He's not against us having a clean house or a clean car or, or nice clothes. Things like that. You know, we represent Jesus wherever we go. Others think we avoid falling away and avoid it by works. You know, it's neither by uh, an act, a physical act of holiness, or by works. Neither of those things is right. Holiness doesn't get us sozo, does it? Sozo is salvation, as we know it. Saved, healed, cured, preserved, kept safe and sound, rescued from danger and destruction, and delivered. It doesn't get us that. Holiness and works don't get us that kind of salvation. It never will. It never will. Works don't. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. This is pretty clear. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, he's rich in mercy, he's going to forgive you if you sin, he's rich in mercy, rich in mercy, Verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are positionally there right now. Oh no, we're here on the earth. Positionally, we're up there, seated at his right hand. 
that, verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches, exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. You didn't do it by works. You didn't do it by, uh, you know, watching every move you make. No, I'm not saying go out and sin purposely. You didn't, it, it's, it's not going to get you in hell. It's not going to help you lead a holy life. But it's not by works. It's the gift of God, not of works, not of works, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You don't have to boast about anything that brought you to salvation. You don't even have to tell about your best friend who led you to the Lord if you don't want to. They did it in obedience to the Lord. It's a good testimony. We'll receive it. But still, you know, it's not of works as anyone should boast. For we're his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yes, we've got to be walking and doing good. We, we need good works. We need them. His workmanship is his uh, it means, po the, the Greek word is poimia. Poiemia, I guess would be the correct pronunciation. Strong's 4161. Uh, compare our word poem and poetry. Where God's poem, the word signifies that which is manufactured, a product, a design produced by an artisan. A design produced by an artisan. Praise God. Who's the artisan? Poemia, poemia emphasizes God as the master designer, the universe as creation, his creation, and the redeemer, believer, as his new creation. Praise God. Before conversion, our lives had no rhyme or reason, no poem. Conversion brought us balance, symmetry, and order. We're God's poem, his work of art. Thank God. And you look in the mirror, you see a work of art by God. None, none like you. Oh yeah, I have a doppelganger. I have somebody that looks just like me. Nobody is like you. Nobody thinks like you or acts like you. Or looks that much like you. We need good works. We need holiness. The right definition of holiness. And it's not for salvation or healing or provision. Uh, or even, you know, provision... The only works we do there for provision is giving on our behalf, sowing. It's not for salvation. You're not going to work your way to salvation or healing. It doesn't matter how good you've been. Healing is by faith. Healing is a spiritual thing, spiritual healing. Divine healing is spiritual. Nothing you can do to bring it about. You can learn how to receive your healing. There's many, many ways. But these are subsequent things to our salvation. Just like baptism. Baptism does not save you. I believe in baptism. We've baptized a lot of people. We've been baptized. But it will not save you. It will not give you salvation. Sozo. That's a, it's a, uh, something in obedient act subsequent to salvation. Like the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. God made us righteous. We didn't do it ourselves. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 
We'll begin to close with this. Begin to close. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 21. He made, he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we would be or might become the righteousness of God in him. He did it. He did it. We didn't do it ourselves. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, the rest of them being the unsaved ones, in the futility of their mind, excuse me, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Praise God. Put on the new man. Put away the old man. He made us righteous. We're new creations. New creatures in Christ Jesus. It's up to us to carry it out. Up to us to lead others in their walk. How do we do that? Well, there's a few ways here. Praying for them. We know to do that anyway. Praying for babes in Christ, praying for ones who are, are, you think are, are ready to fall away. The Lord will lead you in that. Listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Tell Him, let me know who to pray for, Lord. And he, he will. And don't argue with Him about it and say, no, they're fine, they're fine. Pray for Him. You know, we've, we've all made mistakes in that area. You, I've told you of them. Teaching, especially the young, young people in age and young people in the Lord. Teaching. Giving them the word. Not your, your ideas. Give them the word. Living by faith is another thing. The Bible says the just, the uncompr uncompromisingly righteous, shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews again. We're going to close with this. Well, this and one more. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 35, therefore, don't cast away your confidence, which is great reward, for you have need of endurance, which means perseverance, constancy, continuance, bearing up, steadfastness, holding out, patient endurance. You know, we've got a part to play. Hold out, stay there, don't, don't fall back, don't cast away your confidence. It has great reward, it says, great reward. Oh, I'm not looking for a reward. That's false humility. False humility is pride. You don't need to... Yes, you have a reward. We're promised rewards. You know, what do you think heaven is? Verse 37, 
for yet a little while, and he who's coming will come, will not tarry. He's not going to delay. Yeah, but, but brother, it's been 2,000 years or so. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. A thousand years is one day. One day is a thousand years to the Lord. It's only been a couple days. He's not going to tarry. Get that out of your head right now. Now the just shall live by faith. Faith. Verse 38. Also Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11. The just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, falls back. My soul has no pleasure in him, but we're not of those who draw back, thank God, to perdition or destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Praise God. You're born again. You still, your, your soul's not saved. You have to do what? Romans chapter 12. And we will close with this, I promise. Romans chapter 12. And verse 1. There, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. What's beseech mean? Urge. Beg. I beseech you, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God. Puffing on a cigarette. No. Getting drunk every night? No. Being high on drugs? No. Dressing up in a clown suit? No. Ex holy and acceptable to God. Looking like a human being, I would say. And if you're going to preach the gospel, you know, Rick Renner does a wonderful teaching on this in, in uh, one of his devotionals, uh, his, his Greek study devotionals, the first one. And he talks about being the herald of the king. You know, the herald was in fine dress. He represented the king. He spoke for the king. We represent a better king than those heralds did. You know, we don't need to look like we just uh, got done working in a coal mine. We need to look like someone who's a human being. You know, I, I, I like the way... I never saw Brother Hagen in a clown suit. He always had a, a suit and a tie, no matter how hot or cold it was in the place where he was preaching. I see Brother Keith Moore does the same thing. He'll go without a tie once in a while, but he's always got a suit on. His choir has robes on on Sunday morning. They're all dressed the same on other services. It, it's good to look like a Christian. There's nothing wrong with that. But not to make yourself look like something that you're not. By wearing your hair a certain way. We can wear hair however we think we look good. You know, you can take that however you want, but you know, don't be drug into it. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, rational, or spiritual service. And don't be conformed to this world. How do you not be conformed? How do you not be twisted? and made to line up with the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind to what? The Word of God. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed. You know, it, it, it refers to conforming oneself to outer fashion or outward appearance, accommodating oneself to a model or pattern. 
You're an individual. You're an individual. You know, style might not look good on you. Wear what you feel right in, that you represent the Lord. Even apparent or superficial conformity to the present world system or any accommodation to its ways would be fatal to the Christian life. We have parts to play, not just sitting around waiting for the rapture. Praise God. We, we have to work to hold on to what's ours. Did, did, you saw what it said. The Bible says we, we've got to press forward, hold fast to our confession, work to hold on to what is ours and what's God's, and keep people, help people, keep people from falling away and apostatizing. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. We thank you as always for your blessed, holy word. We thank you for the anointing upon it. Thank you. We receive revelation, heart knowledge. We believe. We receive that according to Mark eleven twenty four. Today and every day of our lives till Jesus comes or we go forth. So we thank you for revelation knowledge. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you're out there listening to this or you're listening later on the blog or whatever and you say, well, I, I can't receive revelation knowledge. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I've never accepted him as my Savior. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. It also says in John 6, 37, Jesus said, if they come, I won't cast them out. I won't turn them away. And he means what he says. You haven't committed the unpardonable sin. If you've rejected him so far, you haven't renounced him. You haven't apostatized because you've never been a Christian. So you come to him now just as you are. Just as you are. Pray this prayer with us. Ask Jesus into your heart as your Savior. Make him the Lord of your life. Live for him. That's a life of holiness. Renew your mind daily to the word of God. Praise God. That will get you through in abundance in this day and age that we live. Praise God. Pray this prayer with us if that's you. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Just as I am. Jesus said in your word that if I come, you won't turn me away. I come to you because your word says that if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It says if I call upon the name of Jesus, I'll be saved. So I'm calling upon that name right now. Jesus, come into my heart as my Savior. I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father. I'm now your child. I'm born again. Born from above. Thank you. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing. And I'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering me from the powers of darkness. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, 
get to a good church. A word-believing, word-teaching, word-living, word-doing, word-acting church. Sit under good teaching, people that are teaching the full gospel, the unadulterated word of truth, not opinion, not, not something that they heard, not something that somebody preached 75 years ago. No, the word of God, the unadulterated word of truth. Get into a good daily devotional. Study the word daily. Set aside some time. There's ones out there that take two or three minutes to do, and it'll keep the word before your eyes. Praise God. And if you watch teaching on TV or on YouTube or Roku or anywhere online, listen to ones, watch ones who are teaching the full gospel, the full word of God. Thanks for joining us here at Redeeming Love Church. Have a blessed rest of the day, blessed weekend, and a wonderful week.